Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's Olympic season. It is. We are not talking about the Olympics today, though. We are talking about the Olympics of fandoms. We are, and we're to do so, we're going international on it. That's true. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. It's the Australia versus Canada. Yeah. Two bitter rivals <gasps> finally coming to blows at In last. Polite adorable tv show way yeah because of canada australia they're cute australia the most polite and adorable of penal colonies well basically <laughs> that is tell true me, tell me that's not true <laughs> that is true they don't have a lot of competition but they well, probably would the americas yeah and we're kind of jerks yeah so yeah no i would buy it Good job, Australia. Yeah, right on. I think it was the kangaroos that kept them honest. You got it. That will mess you up. <laughs> so, any other than In Pursuit of Olympic Rings, uh, what do we do on this show? So, we take two different fandoms and mash them up and see where they're similar and where they're different and talk about why we love them so much. Which is a very worthwhile pursuit, I find. It's really fun. It just lets us talk about things we love. It's true. So we're really sneaky in how we get excuses to talk about the things that we're going to geek out about one way or the other and make people listen to it. Yay! Or, you know, you're listening to it by choice, so we can't force you or anything. Oh, no, I'm I'm taking very forceful measures to up our listenership. Like what? Uh, well, so there's the hunting down. Um, you know, I think I've got a good deal with Google like AdWords. Like Elena from a certain show. It's true, which we can't say the titles yet because we haven't done the official intro. But I will just say I have a certain deal with Google AdWords that let me get the street addresses of anyone who has looked at particular things. I think we've crossed a line into creepy. That's true. It's not funny anymore, no. is it? It's just weird. It's just weird. Well, hey, speaking of things that are sometimes funny and sometimes creepy, uh, what are our shows tonight? Tonight, we are going to be mashing up Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and Orphan Black, <laughs> possibly one of the greatest mashups ever. True. Annie's been looking forward to this I one for a while. I don't even care what these characters do together. I just love them all so much. Yeah. I just want to put them in a room. And the best thing is it would be affordable on a casting end. That's true. Well, I mean, I would pay Tatiana Maslany her character oh man i wonder if she gets scale i hope so because she's amazing if not that feels like a missed opportunity that she should probably fire her agent over yeah right well she finally got nominated for stuff though thank you so. <laughs> thank you emmy committee <laughs> so annie to get us started off why don't you tell us about miss fisher's murder mysteries oh let me tell you about miss fisher's murder <laughs> mysteries so miss fisher's murder mysteries is an australian tv uh, mystery series set in 1920s Melbourne. Um, it was based on a series of mystery novels by Carrie Greenwood. Um, the novels are slightly different, um, but still very enjoyable. Uh, so the show is about Phryne Fisher, flapper detective extraordinaire, 
Played by the amazing Essie Davis. This um, is not Fryn Fisher. This was the mistake no, I made for a long time. No, it's It's It sounds like Bryony from... <laughs> like Brian-esque? No. Sort of. he's, oh, he's sort of... I don't know what's that guy. Like, he's sort of Bryony. <laughs> like of the sea. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you said Brian. Like, yeah, you know, that's what it is. It's B-R-I-O-N-Y, like an Ian McKellen's Atonement. Oh, I see. It's a different uh, fandom to mash up. That's true. That would be it's a weird one. Fandom. Well, such sad fandoms. But so it is Friny. Friny Fisher. Um, she is a British heiress who moves to Melbourne again in the 1920s. Um, she is just kind of interested in solving crimes. She doesn't need any money. She is just smart <laughs> and capable and wants to help people. Has a very severe but charming haircut. She is a bob because it's the 1920s and she looks amazing. <laughs> she, she sleeps with whoever she wants. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, other major characters on the show are uh, Detective Inspector Jack Robinson, who is Miss Fisher's love interest and partner in crime. Although the love interest part is very much a moonlighting, will they, won't they, for mm. a long time. Now, I'm looking at the show notes and you have written Detective Inspector, quote marks, Jack Robinson. Well, his name is john but he's called jack it's a sassier it's, nickname it is that's what wikipedia had it listed as i want no to i like it i absolutely like it um he is played by nathan page who i believe was a professional cyclist really um so yeah he's got strong legs that he seems Robinson. very very lean I yeah can see that. yeah <laughs> ladies know what i'm talking oh, about yeah um, other characters are Dot Williams, personal and mystery assistant to Miss Fisher. Dot Williams is adorable. Mystery assistant? Well, she helps with her mysteries, but she also like manages her cor- correspondence and oh, so it's helps like, run it's, the household. It's a very clear employment delineation of like she is like she is she, she is Miss Fisher's assistant. Like if you were a wealthy lady and you mm-hmm. hired an assistant, that's who Dot would be. But then also it's like, hey Dot, we're gonna go fight some criminals. Here's a gun. <laughs> And Dot's like, oh my gosh. And Dot is the member of a very strong union that really fought for different accreditations for different kinds of exactly. assistants. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, you get paid according to the work you do. <laughs> um, Constable Hugh Collins, who is oh the assistant to Jack Robinson and in love with Dot. They're adorable. Um, and Bert and Sess, who are drivers and communists who work for Ms. Fisher. They they go around the streets. They get the street <laughs> info. Yeah. Um, Mac, who is Miss Fisher's friend and a badass librarian doctor. Everybody wants to have Librarian doctor? Oh, I'm lesbian doctor. I'm sorry. No, librarian doctor would be awesome, too. Yeah, I want that show now. Maybe Mac is also a librarian and makes out with ladies. So is it a librarian who moonlights as a doctor or a doctor who, like... No, doctor librarian. Like, you are both. Like, like model actress, but way more... So much more schooling involved. <laughs> All those advanced degrees. Oh, man. Um, there's also Mr. Butler, who is literally the butler. And in the oh, book series, because I, I thought he was just called Mr. Butler because it was like, that's his job. But in the book series, there is Mr. and Mrs. Butler. Really? She is not Mrs. Housekeeper. Their last name is Butler. Oh, man. Which I find adorable. You're kind of destined for a life of servitude at that point. I know, right? Well, I guess it's like if you're Sinbad, like (laughs) (laughs) you're either going to be a comic or a pirate. Or you're going to sin badly. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That joke was stolen from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, by the way. 
shout out. Wow, to Will Smith. proper accreditation. Well, I didn't. Want you know Will who Smith would really ad- listening in? <laughs> you know who would really appreciate that accreditation? Ooh. Librarian doctors. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> cite your sources during surgery. Yes, <laughs> and do no harm. Um, so I, I do have to point out, though, we seem to be, have a predominance of drivers who are also communists in the shows that we cover. We've got our Downton Abbey, Tom Branson connection. Yeah, that's true. Deep cut back to last uh, yeah. episode of Crossover and Appeal. You should listen. And now we've got Bert and Cece. Cess. Cecil. Uh, what they call it, Bert and Cess. Bert and Cess. Sassy. Buddies. Um, yeah, so that seems to somewhat become, be becoming a trope, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if they ever talk about what's his name in Orphan Black, Ben. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they talk about his political leanings. He could Maybe. be a communist. He could be. You know what? I'm gonna just go ahead and say that we've completed the trifecta. Fanon. There Ben's it a is. communist. It's official. <laughs> um so for Miss Fisher, uh the show first aired in Australia in in um 2012 and has had three seasons so far we are desperately waiting for the fourth season please give us a fourth season i can attest to the desperation oh my god every every time every so often i just google miss fisher for season four and no news well you know i see i see davis has been busy getting babadooked and all sorts and of game of throned yeah games of throned and, she's uh, delightful more power to her it's true so you know, i will she's never been busy. watch the bomba bomba duke the Bombaduke. Tom, Tom Bombaduke. I cannot even look at the poster. That's why. I made the mistake of watching the Bombaduk trailer by myself once in broad daylight. What if that movie is just about Tom Bombaduke? Tom Bombaduke. Hello, I'm Mr. Bombaduke. I'm here to do your taxes. I also share 50% of a name with a mythical creature from J.R.R. Tolkien mythology. No, I'm thinking that it's... He, like he is the Tolkien character in the basement. Oh no! <laughs> He's desperately trying to get out. Yeah, things got dark for him. He's anyway, very... that's a different crossover. <laughs> Again, we are just burning through our greatest hits collections oh of God. previous hits. This is why we do this, people. Mm-hmm. Um. So the plot of Miss Fisher's Murderies follows Briny as she solves mysteries across Australia, um, mostly involving murder. One would um, hope. One would hope. Um, it's kind of a mystery of the week show. Um, there aren't a lot of ties between the mysteries themselves, except for season one, which follows um, the murder of Miss F- Fisher's sister when they were children. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Super scary and intense. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's just kind of, oh, I was going to a winery and murder <laughs> happened. Um so it's really a murder she wrote kind of approach. Yeah, definitely where... a murder she wrote kind of approach. Um, and then the ongoing thread is really about the character relationships. Sure. And now correct me if I'm wrong, because I have watched less of this show from the couch than many of the other shows that you've watched, but I've still watched a fair amount. Um, she and her sister were circus folk? No, her sister got kidnapped when they were at a fair. Okay, great. I knew there was a circus <laughs> included in there somewhere. That's a, that's a really interesting take on that. Her... I mean, if Father you get stolen like, at a circus, you are officially yeah. a circus oh, folk. Totally. Yeah. Um, her father, oh, you could be non-practicing an, circus like, folk. Was you know the third lord of whatever, and the other lords died, rings. and so he got it's rings, to, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's Gandalf. <laughs> oh man. Um, and so they went from being a very poor family to suddenly inheriting a lot of money. Got it. So they could have been circus folk. Yeah. They're non-practicing circus folk. Yeah. Reform yeah, circus. Reform circus folk. They go to circus on major holidays. <laughs> oh, it's those damn Christmas and Easter circus folk. Always juggling on the high holy days. 
Oh, you can't get a seat at the temple when it's high holiday. All these circus folk. (laughs) (laughs) And no, because their stilt legs take up way more space in the pew. It's so true. (laughs) And they just keep coming out of those tiny cars. (laughs) And you know, if you're a non-practicing circus folk, you're living a life of danger because a lot of those acts you need to practice. You really do. If you're a non-practicing lion tamer... That's just asking for trouble. I mean, you're not going to be around for next Christmas, so no, it's oh true. well. One less space in the car. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna have to either edit out a lot. Or oh no, just... this is gold. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is what you love. This is all people. canon for Finny Fisher. Totally canon. <laughs> um, so some themes of the show are um, reproductive rights and sexual identity and freedom. Um. Yeah, Miss Fisher is basically the James Bond of 1920s, where she sleeps with whoever she wants. The first episode deals with contraception and, and abortion, um, so really pushing the boundaries on kind of reproductive rights in television. Um, strong female relationships, um, both Phryne and Dot and Phryne and Mac have such strong relationships and are entirely supportive, and I love seeing that in television. Um, also how to form your own family again, especially since Phryne's father was not the most dependable person and she lost her sister very young. She kind of forms this mini adorable family. Circus folk never are. (laughs) It's true with their tiny hands. (laughs) Um, and, uh, finally a theme I really like from the show is protecting the innocent. Again, Miss Fisher doesn't need to be a detective. Part of it is just because she's smart and interested in things. But, um, part of it is that she kind of sees innocent people who need help. Um, other things I kind of like about the show and things that I think other people will like are badass ladies and friendships. Um, the mysteries are just really fun. Like if you're looking for a cool mystery of the week show, this is a great one. Um, and it's, and it's set in the 1920s. We've got awesome costumes and cars and haircuts and music. It's, it's a really fun historical show. Yeah. Um, there is a spider in one episode. Yes. So it's the, have we covered spiders by the way? Oh, oh! You the spiders are the worst. They should not be on any TV show ever. If you send me a picture of a spider, I will come and burn you down. <laughs> wow, you heard it, and we have your address because yeah. of that Google AdWords thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I will block you on all sorts of social media, even if you didn't send it to me, because I can't take that risk. <laughs> it's true. Just in case, if you're just a person who shares spiders, that. yeah, that's it. You're done. Um, and actually, one of my librarian friends, um, Allie, she watched this terrible episode of miss fisher with me because it dealt with <laughs> someone who's killing people by using poisonous awful spiders oh no because it's australia they're all around there that's true it is the most plentiful resource australia right? has for export and so i said oh i have to just skip this episode and she said no there's there's so many great Friny and jack feels oh. they are like right about to kiss and so she's like, you have to watch this so she was watching it along with me and just we were texting and she said look away at given points when the spider would be on on screen. That's good. Very appreciated. So you need a friend who can watch spiders to watch that episode with you. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be okay. So was she on like it. a five second spider delay? Yeah, she started, well, she started it slightly ahead of me. So she would nice. be like, okay, now. And then I would, then I would look away. Got to have a system. And yeah, you really do. <laughs> spiders are no joke. No. So yeah, FYI people. Just so you're aware. Yeah. 
Um, so what, what can you tell us about Orphan Black? Orphan Black. Oh man. Okay. So, uh, I know that we say in the intro that we're going to deal with spoilers and we're not going to be jerks about it. And I really don't want to be a jerk about it, but the complicating factor with Orphan Black is similar to Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Um, it is a show that is still ongoing and still running, uh, which unlike the other properties that we've talked so far, it's still in process. So I'm going to give you all a chance to pause this podcast and go watch four seasons of Orphan Black sometime before you hit play again um and by sometime before you hit play again right now that yeah, is actually go go watch so fun. we'll wait okay i think they're i think they're going i think i hear the door close yep okay I they're doing the it popcorn popping they're doing it okay time jump four seasons later now hit play again this is how podcasts work right hit yeah. play again when you're finished yeah Okay, great. All right, great. We're good to go. Um, so uh, just in case you weren't convinced, um, this is the cold open of the entire series of Orphan Black that you are greeted with. This is the thing that you see at the beginning of the series. It's the first maybe two minutes. Um, there is a woman uh, who is in uh, sort of a panicked mode. She's trying to reach someone on a public payphone. She's standing on a, uh, on a train platform. She can't get them. She hangs up. She's waiting on the platform. And down the platform, she sees another woman freaking out, just like pacing back and forth, really stressed. So the first woman goes up to the woman on the other end of the platform to see if she's okay. Just as she reaches her, uh, the second woman turns around, and the two women look exactly alike and then the second woman jumps in front of an oncoming train. There's a moment of recovery. The first woman picks up the second woman's purse and runs away. That's the beginning of the series. I'm going to give you one more chance. Go watch Four Seasons now. Go. One, two, three. Okay, great. Um, so Orphan Black uh, is a Canadian sci-fi thriller. It's uh, created by Graham Mason and John Fawcett. It is the current sort of amazing property that Annie and I are embroiled in right now. Uh, we've just caught up about a month ago, I would say, yeah. to season four. Which and we're is the last season that's out. It's true. And we're anxiously awaiting season five. Oh my God. Why am I waiting for all these seasons? I know. Even though it's coming to an end soon. So it's never been a better time to get on board the Orphan Black Indeed. train. Um, the thing that makes Orphan Black remarkable, among many things, is its central performance. Uh, Tatiana Maslany, the lead actress, plays, so far, 11 characters and counting, all of whom are distinct people, but all of whom are her. And why does she play those different characters? Because clones, Annie. <gasps> because clones. What? So we have our central character, Sarah Manning. She's the one on the train platform at the beginning who sees the other woman. That other woman, we find out's name is Beth, and she is a police officer. Sarah spends a majority of the first half of the first season impersonating Beth because she is on the run from some shady characters and she's desperate. So she doesn't have the opportunity to really question why Beth looks exactly like her too much because she's just in survival mode. But gradually she comes to realize that she is one of many clones created in a shady government conspiracy. Um, and she realizes that by meeting a number of other clones, all of whom again are played by Tatiana Maslany. Um, and who by the time I'm in season four. I still forget that it's the same actress. I'm like, oh, look, it's Kasima. Yeah. And, oh, right. That's the exact same person as Sarah. Right. It's a show where uh, the 
combinations of clones and the filming are done and the acting is so crisp and so sharp that you really just start forgetting that it's one woman playing all of these different women. They're all incredibly distinct, incredibly driven, uh, incredibly exciting characters with rich inner lives. And then they play up against each other and you find yourself doing a lot of like, oh, it's really good that this character gets to interact with Donnie because they never get scenes together. But then you think, oh, no, wait, they get scenes together all the time because this character is played by Tatiana Maslany. Um, so a quick rundown of some of the clones that we're aware of. Uh, you have Cosima, as we noticed, as we mentioned earlier, um, she is sort of the science uh, clone. She's yeah, science hippie clone. Science hippie clone, uh, lesbian, um, super amazing, and sort of is the linchpin of Clone Club, as it comes to be known, as far as trying to figure out what they can do to stop one of the overarching plots of the series, which is a sickness that is taking the lives of a lot of the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet one including of them. Including Kasima. She's including, sick. It's true. So it's a race against it, the clock. clock. Yeah. Stakes. Um, we also meet Allison Hendricks, who is just a suburban housewife, um, who also has some control issues and a gun collection. Um, and addiction issues. Yeah. She has some issues, period, but is the source of a lot of humor in the series as she tries to balance her sort of very perfect suburban life with the seedier goings on of clone club and this kind of uh deep level of danger and excitement that they're exposed to um speaking of danger and excitement you have helena the sort of wild card clone uh raised to be an assassin she actually starts the series trying to kill the rest of the clones because she has been raised by oh, a religious so order she is the creepiest oh even season two we just had yeah, a friend who true. just watched the episode in the shower Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing, but she gradually gets brought into the family. The clone um, fold. The clone fold, and becomes a really lovely and charming source of joy and excitement, um, and also random acts of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Rachel, one of the series antagonists, who has been raised within the uh, organization responsible for the clones uh, and is sort of overseeing all the others. She's very severe and very dangerous. And then you have a number of, uh, I was about to say smaller clones, but Tatiana Maslany is about the same height every time because they're clones. So I would say supporting supporting clones clones. yeah best supporting clone um people like uh vera or mk the hacker who we just met this past series crystal a clone who is still in the dark about everything else and clone club is trying to keep her in the dark but she is simultaneously conducting her own investigations like she's from the jersey shore yeah and also a clone a little bit and she's incredibly smart and capable at conducting her investigations but uh reaching the wrong conclusions at every turn because why would you ever assume clones um and then you also get glimpses into the past of some of the deceased clones like jennifer and katya is a russian clone that we meet right at the beginning of the series um but also beth um we spend a lot of time learning more about beth's situation and why she threw herself in front of that train. Um, there is also a character who we've only met in one episode so far named Tony, uh, who is a transgender clone. A lot of the themes of the series, as we'll talk about in a minute, revolve around issues of identity and what it means to be a clone, but also to have your own lifestyle mm-hmm. and volition. So Tony is a character who comes in to kind of open that spectrum up a little mm-hmm. bit more broadly. Outside clones are of... not just female. Exactly, and not just cisgender. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, that, that they're really looking to have a broad level of uh of uh, personality types mm. and gender identities that's really admirable in the show um and so 
those are all, I cannot restate this enough, one actress, Tatiana Maslany. But there are a lot of other great actors and actresses on the show mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy as Siobhan, Mrs. S, uh, is... A force of nature, uh, and if you are a fan, as we are, of the movie The Commitments, is so lovely to see again, because she was one of the main characters in that as well. And sings so amazingly. She does. How is this woman so talented? And the series takes a couple chances to bend over backwards and make sure she gets a chance to sing. And you guys, it's always worth it. She's the best. Um, Anchoring the rest of the cast is Jordan Gavaris as Felix. Um, Delight. Just the greatest foster brother ever. Um, And such a wonderful character in his his own right. Yeah, absolutely. Just a fully fleshed out character who over the course of the series has really struggled with this idea that his foster sister, Sarah, who he's grown up with, is building this other larger family that he's both a part of and also not. But his connections with the other clones become some of the real emotional heart of the entire mm-hmm. series. Um, and then you have uh, Dylan Bruce, who's in a few seasons as Paul, Beth's ex-boyfriend, who you later find out has a larger agenda. He's fine, I guess. Um, he gets some more things to do that are cool um but uh is always kind of a blank slate in a lot of ways sometimes purposefully sometimes I think it's not hard when the rest of the cast is so amazing it's true especially christian brune as donnie alex's husband starts off the series as kind of a milquetoast nothing and then gradually just gets layered in more and more while never sacrificing the character um one of the things that i really love about this show is that it's willing to let the male characters um although there are a lot of them especially when you're starting to talk about numbers where it's one actress tatiana maslany and then Rhea doyle kennedy and the actress who plays sarah's daughter are sort of the core women of the cast and then there's a lot of guys around them and a lot of male actors but the male characters are allowed to be a bit more kind of simple and archetypical in a lot of the show and, and they, they are 100 supporting the female characters exactly they are all in the orbit of these female characters and the relationships between the clones are all very complicated and deep so it's really exciting to see a show kind of embrace that you've got josh vaki as scott who's sort of pure comic relief but, but really also, warm and lovely he is a total hufflepuff yes Man, there's a lot of Hufflepuffs popping up in these shows. Well, yeah, because I look for the Huffs. Yeah. Huffs represent. Um, And one of the more, I think, fascinating uh, developments over the course of the series, not even because it's like the most riveting plot, but to see how the show interacts with it is for in season three, we meet a lot of male clones, the caster program to um, the female clones is Lita program. And these are male soldiers who male clones who are raised together as a soldier unit, all played by Ari Millen, who does a fine job, but... As a whole, uh, they're characters who, because they are, they share so many similarities with one another, never quite get the traction, I think, of the female clone club as far as just the fun of watching so many different personality types engage with one another. Um, so yeah, it's a show that always kind of leads with a feminine perspective and a feminist perspective and allows the male characters to operate in uh, in service to the female characters' mm-hmm. plot lines. It never sort of overshadows them. Um, as far as what that plot is, whole oh, boy, there's a lot of plot. Orphan Black is a show that burns through it. Um, We've got, up to this point, at least four or five secret shadowy conspiracies, from Neolution to the Prolethians to the Lita and Castor programs, the Dyad Institute. Um, This is a show that's never been afraid of throwing another conspiracy at things, and actually it's fascinating to watch as you go through the series. 
up through the first three seasons, the world gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the third season into the fourth season did a lot of work to kind of pare everything back down mm-hmm. and get back to the essentials. Yeah. I feel like um, for a show that is dealing with a lot of different organizations and conspiracies, I never felt lost. Yeah, it does a really great job of tracking through, and it doesn't keep these organizations around longer than they're worth to the story. Um, It's not afraid to kind of clear the chessboard of pieces, um, sometimes very violently and almost always very suddenly, which is really Mm -hmm. satisfying and keeps the excitement level up. Mm -hmm. Um, Other running plot lines throughout the show, you've got uh, the look to protect Sarah's daughter, Kira. Sarah is the only clone who can have children, uh, and Kira has exhibited some interesting sort of qualities, maybe powers, Mm -hmm. maybe deeper connection to the other clones. Um, Finding the original clone, uh, curing the sickness that's affecting all of the, all of the clones, and really just looking for ways for these clones to gain safety and protection for themselves and be able to live their lives. Um, we also get just a rogues gallery of like creepy assassins and operatives. Uh, my favorite being Ferdinand, who is a delight and a total creeper. Just the nerdiest assassin you've ever seen, but boy, is he unsettling mm-hmm. on screen. He's a great, he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. I feel like I enjoy his presence. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of what Jared Leo's Joker wanted to be um, and did not succeed. Oh, Jared. Uh, But yeah, it's that sort of jovial menace uh, with a lot of humor as well. Um, Themes that the show intersects with, uh, actually, I mean, this is moving a little bit into the crossover of Miss Fisher, but I think there's a lot that are really immediate on the surface. Um, One of the big ones is feminism and and body ownership, especially. Uh, The idea of these clones having been created as, as scientific experiments, but fighting to own their own souls and their own identities and their own destinies. Um, versus scientific organizations trying to exert ownership over them. Um, That plays a lot into another theme, which is science as a threat versus science as salvation. Um, There's a lot of things with body modification and consumer science and genetics in this show, but it does a nice job of, at least thus far, never really coming down on one side or the other of the issue. Um, It presents a lot of the benefits of scientific development, but it also uh, cautions against some of the risks that come from things like genetic modification being more and more commonplace and more and more in control of organizations who people don't fully understand. Uh, There's a big nature versus nurture debate, again, with the number of identities, both personal and gender and sexual that the clones exhibit. Um, You know, they all come from the same cell line, but as human beings, they're all very distinct and individual. Um, But there's also a lot put into the show about them finding each other and finding strength in one another as well. So there's a lot of really rich, meaty, substance to be chewed on underneath all of like the sort of sci-fi adventure sci-fi adventure jump thriller yeah jump scares events um some real disgusting moments some very disgusting moments we had to stop watching the show at dinner time uh which is hard because once you get into it it becomes pretty compulsive but Mm -hmm. we had to put a moratorium on dinner time watching now we watch it after dinner because almost always something gross happens squishy yeah something squishes and that's not cool um Orphan Black is also the result of one of my most fun uh, moments of show watching dysphagia, which was in season four. There is a point that I would probably describe as the emotional nadir of the whole show so far. It is an absolute all is lost moment. We are watching a character uh, just have everything that they thought and believe be shattered around them and then get more bad news on top of that. And watching Tatiana Maslany, it's really not a spoiler because yeah. it could be anybody, right. um, play this moment just of 
gut-wrenching loss and sadness. And in the middle of it, I would say probably at the emotional height of the scene, suddenly from outside, Annie and I hear an ice cream truck. For a second, I really thought it was an ice cream truck in the show. And I was like, wow, they are really bringing that out of nowhere. (laughs) But no, it's just an ice cream truck in our neighborhood. We have never seen this truck before and have not seen it since. I think the ice cream truck knew that we needed something to lift us up from this emotional nadir we needed a break in the tension and boy howdy did he provide it as he drove so slowly past our house and i'm sure would have made direct eye contact with us had we had the shades open um although i think i know we did see him at some point or at least some iced cream truck and i think i actually gasped and pointed and made eye contact with the driver and he knew he nodded sagely and then kept on driving to rescue someone else's experience um so yeah uh it is a wonderful show i think that kind of a moment is actually pretty endemic of the entire show where there's immense joy immense sadness super excitement a lot of comedy and just uh, a really good time so Mm. last chance you guys go and check it out now that it's all been spoiled um but now that we've gotten the basics out of the way, Annie, let's talk about some crossing yeah. over. So so what is your idea for a crossover? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the thematic thing we've already really touched on. I feel like yeah, there's a lot of um, shared themes and ideas. Oh, Did I totally. miss anything? No, I mean, um, I think that being able to to own your body and form and form your own family are two big themes. And also just solving mysteries. Like these are all people who are not at all trained in searching out the the truth and fighting crime um but they they do to both enjoyable and exciting effect it's true um yeah they're just a lot of fun amateur sleuths running around mm-hmm. um so yeah, uh, as far as practical crossovers, we have hit uh, a, a difficulty with this because they are obviously different timelines, mm-hmm. uh, different periods of time. But um, for me, the key of this crossover lies in the fact that in a recent season uh, of Orphan Black, we have discovered that the Neolution movement actually is from long in the yeah. past and has been around for a long time. Um, so uh, I know that Orphan Black has already dealt a little bit with the original, but I would posit, what if it wasn't the actual original? What if the original cell line actually came from a lineage far, far earlier? And what if that was from Australia? We already know that Neolution is based either in the Arctic or the Antarctic. I'm going to say Antarctic because penguins are great. And also that puts it right next to Australia where there is a Neolution home. Miss Fisher and Jack are rooting through a series of mysteries of, uh, of murders of a set of twins. Um, and they're looking into it, and those twins look suspiciously like Tatiana Maslany. And then mm-hmm. as they unravel the mystery, they find that, no, actually, there were triplets. What? Quadruplets? What are all of these women who look the same running around doing? And then Miss Fisher looks over at Jack, and he's Tatiana Maslany. And then she looks over at her murder assistant, and it's Tatiana <laughs> Maslany. And then she looks in the mirror, and she's Tatiana Maslany. Yep. Everybody's Maslany's all the way that down. That's exactly what happens <laughs> in this Ms. LSD laced fanfic. Miss <laughs> Fisher Black, the one woman show by Tatiana Maslany. Yep. Still would watch it. It's true. I would watch the hell out of that. Um, so I definitely think the the theme of tying that original line to Australia is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also see it going to tie to an um a different kind of clone because we've seen um little clone 
um, hanging out with Rachel. Oh, yeah, young clone. Young I forget clone. her name. The only yeah. clone not played by Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, because she's too tiny. Yet. Um, so I would actually posit that um, there are more of her. Ooh. And early on in the uh, the Miss Fisher, Fisher series, a character I didn't actually mention early on um, is Jane, who is uh, Miss Fisher's ward. She is discovered in part of the mysteries and is an orphan, and Miss Fisher takes her in. Um, orphan. Black. Right, exactly. So, um, Miss Fisher does a little digging into Jane's past and finds out that there there are a few girls who mm. maybe look like her, maybe more than a few. Um, and she she gets Bert and Sess on the case, of course. Um, so they go into the seedy underworld of child breeding in australia we all know it's a problem yeah that's a big problem yeah um and find out that jane is part of this clone line um that kind of connects with a little clone from orphan black oh little clone little little baby clones um and then miss fisher helps out the uh the clone club in solving this mystery Mm-hmm. Um, ye oldie clone club. Ye oldie clone club. I'm kind of p- just mooshing the timelines yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you got to get a Tom Tiana Maslany in there. Right, exactly. That's the thing. We're just, this is an alternate universe timeline. Yeah, it's Maslany's all the way down. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I just really want to see Tatiana Maslany and Essie Davis on screen together. Oh my God, yes. Maybe Tatiana Maslany's the Babadook. We'll never know because ah, we're not going to watch it. Nope. That could that could happen. She has range, you guys. Yep. Um, we already have a headcanon that uh, Orvin Black has crossed over with Parks and Recreation because Tatiana Maslany does play Aziz Ansari's girlfriend. For, for like two episodes. For two episodes. And she came on screen. We were in the middle of, of our Orphan Black binging and immediately she came on screen and we were like, man, that actress looks really familiar. We've seen her in something before. What have we seen her in? And then an IMDb search revealed it's Tatiana Maslany. Because she is every character in in the world. She look, just slips right in. Look behind you. It's Tatiana Maslany. <gasps> She's your best friend. Actual cannibal Tatiana Maslany. She brought balloons. <laughs> Man, we went two very different directions on that. Maybe the balloons are how she lulls people into she her does. cannibal lair. I, but you know what? If I'm going to die, I would rather it be by Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany's hands. You know, whatever she's doing to fuel her work. Yeah, whatever she needs to do. Success. Take the souls of innocent victims. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice myself to that blood god. <laughs> so let's move on to some games. Yay! Uh, so in these crossovers, um, first up is, of course, the Kiss Your Faces game. Who's making out with who? So um, I really want the two lesbian scientists to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a May-December relationship. I would say more like, like May, May-August. Like Mac isn't too old. Um, does but, Mac like to party? She does. Oh my gosh. There's a great episode where it's like, I don't know, like lesbian bar in Australia and they're all like playing pool and listening to music and Hell being yeah. cool. It's awesome. Cosima would be down for that. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like they would bond over the biological sciencing and if you know what I mean, okay. <laughs> um, Mac would be like, would you like to see my library? Oh, yeah. My doctor she, Mac, library? Mac basically dresses like Catherine Hepburn and is a redhead. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Like, Cosima would totally be into that. Absolutely. Um, And I think they're just both smart, wonderful characters, and I want to see them happy in their STEM lady way. Aw. The sciences together at last. Exactly. Um. 
So I think that Mr. Butler deserves some love because his name's Mr. Butler. Right. And again, and there's a Mrs. Butler in the books, but we're talking about the TV this series. This is the series, everybody. And, um, you know, I don't know. I was thinking of who somebody likely and like Donnie occurred because Donnie just kind of, you know, he's, he seems like a nice steady guy who would appreciate a good butlering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Donnie is not gay. It's true. It's true. I'm just thinking, I mean, if we're matching everything up already, true. I'm trying to think of who I would think, match. Um, I mean, Mr. Butler and Mrs. S. Hello. Oh, yeah. That was the answer was right in front of my face. I um, could see Mr. Butler as someone who like has a, has a secret past. Yeah. Like they probably ran should... together. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he wound up in that penal colony for a reason. Oh, totally. And, and Mrs. S. is he there to spring him. Yeah. I like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. That, that'll be officially be my pick, Mrs. S and Mr. Butler. Um, how about the Battle Dome? Oh, Who's going to yeah. fight? So Helena's got to fight somebody. Oh, totally. Um, I think Helena would fight Burton Sess. Ooh, yeah. I feel that, and I think that they would all come to realize that they're on the same side. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would stab at least one of them with a screwdriver. Oh, totally. And they would respect her for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, she, I'm, I'm pretty sure she comes from some communist country. Oh, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, she's Eastern European. Eastern European monks, Prolethean monks oh. raised her, so, you know. She's not down on religion. No, she's not up for it. Um, and they're communists, so they wouldn't be either. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like Rachel and Miss Fisher would square off. In a very oh, in a bob matchup. fight, yeah, just a battle of the bobs. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I feel like um, Dot and Allison would butt heads a little because Dot, you know, she she gets stuff done. She's very precise. Um, Allison is very much the same way, so they wouldn't be knife fighting with each other. Does Dot craft? Um, no, I don't. I don't believe so. She looks like someone who could... I think she knits. Maybe she knits. She has her way around a pair of pinking shears. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's got skills. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and she is Catholic, too, and Allison's religious. Oh, yeah. So... They would have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, but again, I think they might butt heads. Yeah. They would be suspicious of one another. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's our crossover. Uh, it's Maslany's all the way down. Yeah, that's true. Tatiana Maslany versus Tatiana Maslany versus Just, Tatiana Maslany. And then Tatiana Maslany and Tatiana Maslany kiss. <gasps> and yeah, although eh, that might get weird. That's true. They have not explored that layer of sexual expression among clones yet. No. Which well, is I probably mean, for the best. Yeah, they're all sisters. So. Also, the CGI budget would be a little high for yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to make them all dance. Yeah. But it would be like Orphan Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Man. No, let's, let's not, not cross go. over that. No, let's not go down that road. Um, so our last segment, Annie, is what? It is reader's advisory for all you librarian scientists out there. (laughs) Be advised, librarian sciences. Um, so things I would recommend if you like Miss Fisher or like the sound of Miss Fisher, um, the actual Miss Fisher books by Carrie Greenwood are a delight. Um, they're different. Um, Franny's a little younger. Jack is older. They are not a romantic couple. There's a Mrs. Butler. Etc. A lot of different things, but still that same vibe. Um, from other television you may enjoy, um, Jessica Jones. Oh, it yeah. is a Absolutely. contemporary show, and Jessica is much angrier than Miss Fisher. Significantly Le- angrier. Yeah, there's a lot of blood, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a really cool female-focused detective show. 
David Tennant and Essie Davis should do a show <gasps> together. I love that so much. Coming up next on oh Crossover Appeal. Yes. <laughs> Special Did edition. She... Newsflash. I, I had a dream about Kilgrave the other day. Oh, man. It was creepy. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, but the show is amazing. Um, another detective show is Grandchester. This one is uh, historical. I think it's set in the 50s. Um, in England. And actually, Grandchester is someone I was like, man, you need to cross over with Miss Fisher because you guys need to make out immediately. Wow. Sorry, Jack. Or quote, Jack. But that's the thing. Like, Miss Fisher has been hooking up with guys all along and Jack's just waiting for his chance to jump in. It's the life of a circus folk. It is. <laughs> um, for books, I would recommend The Sally Lockhart Mysteries by Philip Pullman, who did um, The Golden Compass mm -hmm. and similar books. These are Victorian mysteries um, with a badass detective lady. Um, and for your 1920s enjoyment, The Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. A nice period appropriate. Yeah, definitely sadder. Things do not work out as well. Yeah, a little more for, desperation. Yeah, but um, some cool parties. Miss Fisher hey. would be rocking those Gatsby parties. Can't go wrong with the parties. You know, Gatsby... I think you need to leave Daisy aside and just focus your attentions on a certain Miss Fisher. She's way too good for him. I know. It's so true. Yeah. Oh, God. Gatsby. Just keep looking at that green light, She's buddy. She's just not that into you. No. Take a, take a hint. Yeah. Well, for Orphan Black, uh, this is actually, this was a hard one, I think, because it is a fairly specific niche of sci-fi and thriller and so there's a lot there's both a lot of things that apply to it and also it was hard to pin down one thing or the other um some things that i came up with um i would say one thing that gets referenced a lot as people talk about orphan black is margaret atwood's the handmaid's tale um it's a really sort of stunning dystopian novel uh about a world where women are even more strictly controlled by the government than they are today and it gets into a lot of questions of systematic oppression of women and female identity in the female body um i'm going to hearken on back to episode one uh just to complete our callback run the rundown and say battlestar galactica is a really great take on things um I would also say that Fringe, uh, which is a really good series uh, starring uh, Joshua Jackson, formerly of oh, Dawson's Creek. Oh, Joshua Jackson and S.E. Davis should be in a show together. They would be really good. I love um, it is also starring, oh, I cannot remember the actress's name. It's She's great. Um, uh, I don't think I ever knew her name. No, she's wonderful. Um, it's a really fun sort of spooky mystery show. It gets a little bit more procedural and Monster of the Week-ish, I would say, uh, than an Orphan Black. Um, but it also starts to layer in some mythology as the seasons go on and really becomes a kind of love lovely, as cozy as a show that always has a gross cold open can be um, sort of pleasure because the characters are always really great. Um, plus, it has a main character named Walter who is not a meth dealer or bad guy in general. Um, I mean, he's not a great guy. No, but he's, he's trying to do better. He's he wasn't better. a good guy. Yeah. And he's played just amazingly by John Noble. Um, who is also in an episode of Miss Fisher. And it all comes full circle, you guys. It's you see, exciting. there we go. Crossover appeal is real. Yay! Um, I will also pull from the world of theatre and say that the plays of Carol Churchill are actually really applicable, I think, if you're into the stuff that Orphan Black is selling. Um, for the most immediate proxy, uh, a play called A Number, which is about clones, um, is wonderful. And also a play of hers called Far Away, which has sort of a really intense dystopian um, sense of dread to it uh, that I really enjoy, but also a very uh, dark sense of humor applied over it. Um, really, all of her writing is great. It's very spare and powerful. Um, and then two shows 
shows that I haven't watched, but that I have heard and uh, would assume crossover pretty interestingly thematically with Orphan Black. Um, the first one is Black Mirror, the British anthology series of sort of dark sci-fi fables, kind of a Twilight zone take. I have not yet watched it, mostly because I really need to be in the mood for that particular brand of British cynicism and pessimism. Um, but the other one is Sense8 by the Wachowskis. It's on Netflix, and they are filmmakers who are very interested in ideas of identity and ownership and sort of grand sci-fi ideas, sometimes a little too interested in those uh, beyond their capacity as storytellers, but they make things look real pretty too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would say that any of those would be solid bets. And if you watch Black Mirror and Sense8, let me know if I was right or not, because I'm going on a hunch. Well, Annie, I think we did it. I think so. We've collapsed the timelines. We've and put all my TV friends in one place. Everybody all together Yay. and all played by Tatiana Maslany. Um, folks, if you want more crossover appeal content, and how could you not? Uh, you can go to our website at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, send us your thoughts on these crossovers. Um, give us suggestions for fandoms that you would like to see crossed over. Absolutely. On Facebook, we are Crossover Appeal Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Crossover Appeal. And most importantly, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you do, please go on, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Uh, it really helps in our ratings and helps other people see and bring their fandoms to it. Um, but for now, for the next couple of weeks, we are mm -hmm. signing off. This has been Crossover Appeal. I am Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you, as always, to... Please ship responsibly. Oh, 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 oh,